Certainty in uncertainty. That's the, the, the topic of uh, this morning's message as we round up the series. Certainty in uncertainty. So we live in a world that is full of uncertainties. Uncertainties. That's the kind of world we live in. A world that is filled with uncertainties. But the message I brought to somebody here this morning to encourage you and to, 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 to push your heart to a right perspective is that God is able to create certainties even in uncertainties. And it's possible for you to live in certainties even in uncertainty. Our life, I mean, the world is configured in such a way that everything is kind of cyclical. There's up today, there's down tomorrow. If you have lived long enough, you may have seen maybe one or two stock market crashes, financial downturn, you know, economic downturn. Sometimes it's world over. Sometimes it's co- country specific. You know, sometimes it's family specific. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's company specific, but it, it's, it's, it, it's a cycle. It keeps going that way. Yeah, so some things are certain while some things are uncertain. For instance, it's certain that night will come today and there will be morning tomorrow. Yeah, there will, the day will dawn tomorrow. But let me do it to you a bit. But I don't. I wanted to say, but who will be the next president of Nigeria is uncertain. That's not what, what I'm preaching about this morning. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm digressing. Yeah. <laughs> some things are certain, some things are not certain. That you still have a job by the end of this year is because companies are existing. Yeah. Some things are certain and some things are uncertain. So there have been cycles of depression, like I said, stock market crash, world systems, flawed in different ways world economic system has been known to be to be imperfect and that leads to cycles upon cycles but let's read this morning from the contemplations of the psalmist david in psalm 16 i love that psalm you know so much psalm 16 when you read from verse 5 we read down to 11 when you read the contemplations of david it brings you into the depth of his thoughts based on his work with god and David happened to be a man that enjoyed depth with God. You know, it's one thing for you to, 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 you know, to, to be rated by the big things that are happening around you. But it's another thing to be rated by the depth of your work. God loves it to be deep and wide. Many people just want big things, but they don't want to grow deeper with God. Yeah. But you need to be deep, and then you can go wide. Yeah. David was a man that enjoyed the death of God, death in God, and enjoyed the goodness of God at the same time. Became a king in his lifetime. That's, that's the breath. But the death was there. He walked with God through the thick and the thin, and he understood the ways of God. And in Psalm 16, uh, uh, I want us to read this together as a congregation, if you don't mind. Psalm 16, let's read from verse 5 down to 11, New King James Version. Can you put it up for me? Thank you. Let's go. One, two, go. Oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance, my cup. 
you maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. You will not leave my soul in shield, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand... Can we read that last sentence together one more time? In your presence. So verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life. (laughs) The path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. Something suggests to me from this contemplation of David that there's something about the path of life when you are in the path of life that God has earmarked for you. When you are in the path that God is working with you, you may be in uncertainty, but you enjoy certainty. That's why uh, another Psalm of David, you know, Psalm 91, uh, uh, it, it talks about how God keeps him. Talks about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He restores my soul. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you know that psalm? Said I will fear no evil. That means, what, what does the valley of the shadow of death look like? That's the height of uncertainty. Because death, you can see the shadow of death. The death is, is looming. You, you're not sure whether you're going to see tomorrow. No, tomorrow is certain, but life may not be certain. Is somebody still with me today? So there can be certainty in uncertainty when we secure the presence of God. Glory be to Jesus. Genesis 8 and 22, the Bible says, While the earth remains, said seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Those are things that are certain. You can't do anything about them. You can't do anything about them. The seasons of life are certain. Day and night are certain. Different seasons are certain. There's nothing you can do about them. So, it's important to know that the fact that things are alright today does not mean that they will be the same tomorrow. Life is configured to show up, to throw out uncertainties. But as children of God, we must reckon with the fact that there are certain things that are certain. I did a bit of study around this and I realized that uh, um, even in business, there are different kinds of business models you can build. You can build a model that is geared towards uncertainties. There's another model that is geared towards certainties. The only thing is that the risk factor is higher when your business is built around uncertainties. <laughs> you know, people who deal with, uh, um, what do they call, options and features and all that. The return is good, but it's built around uncertainties. But when you build a business, a business plan around certainties, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. The fact that people will hit tomorrow is certain. The risk is lower, the return is also good. There are businesses, industries that have been built around the certainties of life. Yeah, I encourage myself 
as a relationship coach, people will always get married. I can never be out of the work. Yeah, when you look at it from that perspective. People will always need salvation. So as a pastor, I remain relevant. How are you living your life in the midst of uncertainties? What, is, what are you focusing on in the midst of uncertainty? Let me tell you the truth. As we go on, as a nation especially, especially if you live in Nigeria or you are in Nigerian in diaspora and you are interested about what is happening here, the level of uncertainties will go up. Yeah. Many more things will be more uncertain. But going towards election 2019, there will be much more uncertainty. How do you live in the midst of uncertainty with a level of certainty in your heart? Knowing that, like the meditations of David, he said, you know my lot. You are in charge of my lot. Yeah. He said, the lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. I have a godly heritage. Yeah. They, I mean, how do you get to that point where you can reel out some, some of those things that David was saying? It comes out of a depth of walk with God. So as you walk in the midst of uncertainties, you know but God is watching your back. Say, so my heart will instruct me in, in the night season. You know, the night season. The night season is the height of uncertainty. <laughs> the night season, when you can't see, when you don't understand what is going on, when you, you are walking into darkness in the midst of the night, said, so my heart will instruct me in the night seasons. I ask you a question this morning. Is your heart instructing you in this similar night season? Are you connected to God in the depth of revelation knowledge? Are you still hearing from God or you are cut off from him? If there's anyone here cut off from God, I'm going to pray with you after now. Because God is the shepherd. David, in his depth of work with him, understood him as a shepherd. The shepherd is always running after the sheep, like the song we sang earlier on. In the depth of his love and his mercy, he's always coming after us. Because he knows that we're limited in our view. We're limited in our understanding. There's just so much that our brain can carry per time. And if you're here this morning, you're, you're already shutting down. Contemplating, I mean, contemplating, you know, all kinds of things. From depression to this. You're shutting down. That's what is happening. It's time for you to open it all up. To the one who is in charge of certainties and uncertainties. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. That you just... Open it all up to him. Because he's in charge of the things that are certain and the things that are not certain. Everything is in charge. He's in charge of everything. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. So it's important that we understand this and we walk according you know, to that knowledge. So what have you placed your confidence in? A good job? A good government? We don't even have that. Yeah, so there's no... no. <laughs> Yeah, and I say that with a lot of respect for the people who are leading us. We're just in a, at a bad time. Yeah. That's, that's, sometimes it's beyond the leaders. Sometimes the leaders can do a lot. But the, the, where we are right now, the spiritual atmosphere is dangerous. Because wherever you see massive bloodshed, there's a spiritual atmosphere. And sometimes it's beyond leaders. Yeah. That's why the church cannot stop praying. I'm, I'm sorry I'm digressing this morning. I don't know why I'm just getting into all this. That's why the church cannot stop praying. You see, because it's not enough to blame the leaders. 
When you are dealing with spiritual forces, and you know the, the lie that the devil is telling us, is that it's only prayer we know to pray. We should go and buy ammo tanks. and all. I agree, we should. We should have all those things. Fighter jets, you know, and all that. But if you have read your Bible very well, there are some battles that are spiritual. The battle of Jericho was not won with ammo tanks. So as we do all those things, the church has to keep praying. God help me this morning. I want to preach my message, but <laughs> the church has to keep praying. You know, I read commentaries on, on social media and uh, what people say is disheartening. The fact that we're only seeing things from the physical, only. And we're playing the blame game. Blame pastors, blame president, blame vice president, blame everybody. We know how politicians are just playing games. We know. There's a lot of, in, a lot of intrigues going on. But at the same time, I'm saying that I have power with God. You have power with God. This is our nation. It belongs to all of us. Not just to certain cronies. No, all of us. And we hijack power in the spirit first before it manifests in the physical. So, what have you placed your confidence in? That's what I was saying. A good job, good government, good people. Where is your confidence? We need to ask that question very well. We need to understand that God wants us to focus on him and the things that he alone can do. So don't depend on things that can be affected by forces beyond our control. Anchor your hope on Jesus who is steadfast and immovable. That's the only place. But the writer of the song says, you know, that all other ground is sinking sand. On Christ is solid rock, I stand. Where are you standing? Are you standing on your salary? It may dry up. I'm not trying to, you know, be pessimistic this morning. I'm just saying that God wants to jack all of us up. And that's why if there's somebody here this morning, you are playing with your relationship with God. You are playing with your certainty. That's what you are doing. Because that's the only place that is setting. It's time for a spiritual awakening. To understand that God wants you to hold him well. With your two hands. Not with a finger. Because some people spiritual, spiritually they are hanging like this. On a thread. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. It says, therefore my beloved brethren. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore my beloved brethren. Be steadfast. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast. Immovable. Can you hear me look at your neighbor and ask them, are you steadfast? Are you immovable? Or are you being moved by everything happening around you? So trusting God moves you from uncertainty to certainty. And certain things will start to happen in your life. One is that you have a sure word and promise that your life is secured. Yeah, that's what happens. You know, it's, I, mean, I mean, look at someone like, like, like Joseph. When you read some stories of Joseph, you gloss over them, it requires some deep thinking and meditation for you to understand what's going on. So Joseph was in prison and he was supposed to be disenfranchised and disgruntled and a very sad person because prison experience is never okay, whether emotionally, physically, or spiritually. Whatever kind of prison is a confinement. When you're on a job for too long, 
and you earn a new experience. You are in a marriage that is not going anywhere. Just falling over themselves and you, do, you don't even know what the future holds. It's like a, a, a prison. Can you still put up a good attitude in that prison? Knowing that some things are happening for you and not just to you, like I said earlier on. Because Joseph, you can imagine, walking through the prison. I read his story. You know, read that story several times and it blesses me. And he sees people who had bad dreams. And he still had time for them. I thought the prison itself is a bad dream. Yeah, for everybody. The fact that we're in prison should be a bad dream. We should wake up every day and say, wake me up. I'm not here. <laughs> and then <laughs> Joseph saw two people moaning about their bad dreams. And he said, oh, how are you? Can I help? You know, God has a plan for your life. And all. Tell me your dream. I will interpret it. He, he was still cheerful. Bible says the Lord was with Joseph at, in Potiphar's house and he was a prosperous man. That means his soul was prospering, even in the midst of uncertainty. As a slave in Potiphar's house, you don't know what, Potiphar can kill you the next day. Yeah. Somebody's on a bad job as I speak right now, it's like Potiphar's house. Using your salary on a monthly basis. I'm penalizing you for what you did not do. Yeah. Can you still, in the midst of uncertainty, can you still have certainty in your heart? That's what we're saying. Can you still know that God is at work in that situation? And it's in charge of your lot. And it's working everything out for your good. Romans 8 and verse 28 says, And we know. (laughs) We know. Somebody say, I know. know. Ask your neighbor, do you know? know. Say, and we know. (laughs) That all things work together. For the good of them that love God. And are called according to his purpose. Somebody who believes, say amen this morning. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say, I know. I know. <laughs> say, and we know. You need to know for yourself that God is still at work in the midst of uncertainties. You need to know for yourself. You know, the writer of Romans 8.28 was saying, was generalizing it. <laughs> Writing to it. We know. This is what we are supposed to know. But I need to ask myself, do I know? Am I in recognition of it? Or are the things I'm going through drowning me from this knowledge? That God is always in control and always in charge. And when I align my thought and my perspective like that, I see him move in my situation. Yeah. So you have a sure word and a promise that your life is secured. When you start to trust God in uncertainty. And you know, according to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19, 20, and 21, if you read it from the message translation, it says we, could, we, we, we couldn't be more sure of what we saw and heard. God's glory, God's voice, the prophetic word was confirmed to us. So you do well to keep focusing on it. It is the, uh, it said it is the one light you have in a dark Time as you wait for daybreak, the rising of morning star in your heart. So the main thing to keep in mind here is that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of private opinion. And why? Because it is not something concocted in the human heart. Prophecy resulted when the Holy Spirit prompted men and women to speak God's word. 
when you handle the scripture like this, knowing that the word of God is infallible, and you decide to live your life by it, you'll be able to write what Peter wrote here. Yeah. That we can anchor our soul on his word, even in time of uncertainty. Glory be to Jesus. And you have a sense of meaning and purpose in the time of uncertainty because your soul is anchored on God's word. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. He said, before I knew you, I ordained you a prophet to the nation. When you have a word from God saying this is what I'm sending you to. This is what I've ordained you for. This is your assignment. In the midst of uncertainty, what happens? Your heart is stable. Your heart is stable. So you enjoy indescribable peace, even in the midst of uncertainty, according to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. He said, and the peace of God that passes all understanding, indescribable. You know, you can enjoy indescribable peace, even in uncertainty, when you allow the word of God to resonate in your heart. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And in verse 6 there, the preceding verse, he said, be anxious for nothing, because in uncertainty, anxiety comes. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And he said, and the peace of God, the indescribable peace of God, starts to guard your heart and mind. So that in uncertainty, there's certainty in your heart. Can you ever point to your neighbor this morning and say, I prophesy peace over your life. So enjoy peace in the midst of uncertainty. Say the peace of God is upon your heart from this time forward in the name of Jesus. Say amen if you believe that. And you also enjoy the benefits of unbreakable covenant through Jesus. Unbreakable covenants. You know how God described his covenant with his children? A lot of the time we forget. And that's why we allow uncertainty to permeate our hearts. And yield fear in our heart. The way God described his covenant. Even in the Old Testament. Let alone the New Testament. Where we have a better covenant. Based on better promises. That's what Hebrews says. Better covenant based on better promises. But even in the Old, Old Testament. In, in, in Jeremiah chapter 33. When you read 19. 20 and 21, Jeremiah 33. It says, And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, If you can break my covenant with day and my covenant with night, so that they will not, they will not be day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant. Look at the depth of work that David had with God. That God was saying, The covenant I have with this guy is like the covenant I have with day and night. Forever there will be day and there will be night. The day there's no day and no night, this world has ended. Yeah. And God says that's the level of covenant. I can break my covenant with day and night so that there will be no day, no night. It means that the heart has ended. And the heart has not ended. So the covenant of God stands sure over your life. <laughs> yeah. So that uncertainty does not mean that the heart has ended. One uncertainty cannot cancel certainties. The covenant of God is certain over my life. And over your life. I may be expressing uncertainty here. But there are things that are certain. My life with God is built on those things that are certain. Like his covenant. Like day and night. Certain forever. The day it ceases to exist. That's the day this world ends. Because it works based on covenant. The covenant of God with Noah. Genesis 8 and 22 that we read. Said if the heart remains. It's based on covenant. There will be seed time. There will be harvest. There will be cold and heat covenant. Those things stand sure forever. Stand sure forever. Stand sure forever. 
where one ignorant person, but somebody was trying to bash seed time and harvest. Have you read Genesis 8.22? These are things that are certain. That harvest responds to seed forever. It is sealed and delivered. <laughs> it is sealed and delivered. Forget about all the trash going on. Uh, people giving money to pastors. Which one is giving money to you give to God, you give to church? Uh, my account is different from the account of the church. If you give me, it's perfect offering. You give me personally. <laughs> what you give to church, you give into church. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. And there are different benefits for, I mean, if you, if anyone that gives a prophet a cup of water in the name of a prophet receives a prophet's reward, that's what the scripture says. And the scripture cannot be broken, notwithstanding social media. Yes, you know if you're getting what I'm saying? Some things are sealed, completely sealed by the word, based on the infallible word of God. We live in changing times, but certain things are certain. And they will be certain forever until Jesus comes. And the excesses of a few people should not negate the word of God. And should not derail you from the infallible word that brings certainty all the time. You know the trick the devil is playing on us? Luring everybody into uncertainty. People who have no seed in the ground. In the time of uncertainty, it remains uncertain. Yeah. So you go back to social media. The people who confuse you. <laughs> because then, you, you can't hold God to his word. You can't pray based on the word of God that you are disgruntled about. Somebody say with me this morning. How do you hold God? The Bible says, now let us take words and go back to God. Yeah. It's based on your word. We've done your word. This is what your word says. When you refuse to do his word, you can't turn back to him with his word. There can be certainty in uncertainty if I hold the word of God as being true forever. Certain things are just certain. So you are certain of victory. Completely certain of victory. You know that above all, God rules supreme. And he's in charge of your lot. He's in charge of your lot. He said, I will not leave my holy one. He will not leave my soul in shield. Nor will I leave my holy one to see corruption. Psalm 16 that we read earlier. So as I start to round off this morning, I want to encourage you. Have faith in the certain God. Have faith in his word and his power. Have faith in the certain God. Have faith in his word and his power. Extremely important. Extremely important. And in the time of uncertainty, as uncertainty falls over one another, what do you do? Remember past victories. Remember past victories. I mean, it's so lovely. God is always craving his children remembering past victories. To remember past victories, look at what is written in Psalm 78. As I start to wrap this all up, Psalm 78, remembering past victories. Psalm 78 from verse 41 says, Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power the day when He redeemed them from the, the enemy, when He walked His signs in Egypt and His wonders in the field of Zoan. Turned their rivers into blood and their streams that they could not drink. <laughs> How can Israel forget the things that God did in Egypt? How can you forget the victories of the past? 
especially when you step into uncertainties. That's when you should remember. I was in the pit and the Lord raised me up. Remember when you found yourself in a situation where you didn't know what to do or what to say, but the situation turned around for your good. This one also shall come to pass. Because the Lord is, is, is my Lord. Yeah. And he will show me the path of life. Because in his presence there's fullness of joy. And at his right and pleasures forevermore. So, stop strategizing for God. Just put your life in his hand. Just put your life in his hand. And remember the victories of the past. Remember the victories of the past. Remember the victories of the past. Because God has brought certainty into our certainties. I don't know who I've spoken to this morning, but I'm sure that somebody here has been blessed. I'm sure that somebody is seeing something in a different perspective. Darkness will cover the heart. God's darkness is the people. The Bible says that the Lord will give you light. Isaiah 60. Yeah, the Lord will give you light. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of God is risen upon you. But darkness shall cover the earth, and God's darkness is the people. But the Lord will give you light. That means God is the certainty in the midst of uncertainty. Wherever you see darkness, it talks about certainties. Yeah. The Lord will give you light. And His glory shall be seen upon you. So round up this morning, I want to pray for somebody who, who, two sets of people I'm praying for this morning. And I'll start with the first. The first is, you are not sure of your relationship with God. You're not sure of your relationship with God. You don't know where you are with God. I want to pray for you this morning. Can I ask that we all bow down our heads just for a moment? Yeah. Somebody's here this morning, you know, you can't really say that certainty may come into your situation because you don't live by the world. You don't have a relationship with God. You are far from God. And you want God to come into your life. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. That Jesus will come into your life. That he will give you a new beginning. That he will bring grace upon your life. That he will help you to see clearly. But it starts with a relationship. A relationship. A relationship. It starts with a relationship. So somebody may be here this morning saying, I want Jesus to come into my life. Maybe you said a prayer before, but you know you backslid into sin. And you want God to restore you. You want to rededicate your heart to him. Can I ask that you lift your right hand above your head? And let's say a prayer together. 